Off trail, on trail, they're all one thing, aren't they? Hello, my name is Constantine, hiker, rambler, owner and founder of 11 Skies. We created a podcast here to highlight and represent what it takes to make through hiking, long distance backpacking, adventures, outdoor life possible. Questions that focus on the how and the who, not necessarily the what. We all share this love for what we call the outdoors, but everybody's different. The diversity is what makes it wonderful. And just like the trails themselves, the diversity of how people make this life possible and how people continue to live the life that they truly love is what really has inspired us and makes us want to continue to learn about these people. So this is the Off Trail Podcast where, yeah, we might talk about trails from here and there. It's hard to make a hiker not ramble about trail systems, but mostly we're going to learn about the people. We're going to learn about what makes it possible and how they function and how they manage and how they strategize their time off trail, make on trail possible. Enough of our rambles. Let's just get into it, shall we? Okay, welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine, and today I have the extreme pleasure of speaking with the one and only, the Dosu, I'm going to mispronounce the second part of it, the Kanata? Kenyuta. Kenyuta, I knew I was going to butcher that, so thanks for being on, man. Yeah, for sure. So Dosu, um, he's actually, well, I'm not going to unpack fully who he is because he'll end up doing that on the show, but... He's a hiker that keeps stepping off the miles kind of year after year, and I know he has a big year coming planned up, so we'll get into that as we go, but how I'd like to kind of start off the show is an open-ended question, um, letting you take it where you may, so Dosu, um, who are you? So, I'm just, uh, shit, I don't even know how to explain. <laughs> I love it. Um, I guess the best thing you could say is uh, I started hiking after like a bad breakup, and uh man yeah that was in like 2014 started the 18 2015 and i just kind of found like a whole new way of living life that actually identified with me uh my whole life i kind of like felt out of place and then got on trail and never could get off so you know quit my career got rid of my house uh work seasonal jobs and try to stay on trail as long as possible. Wow. So you just found something that kind of really spoke to what made you, made you truly happy out there. Yeah. It was the first time in my whole life I ever felt at home, you know, like I never felt, uh, like I belonged anywhere my whole life. And age 33, I started the AT and found my first home and wow, never want to leave it. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. And was it quickly on the AT that you found home? Like, was it all of a sudden you step, step foot on the trail and you're like, oh, this is where I want to be? Or kind of was it a progression through the trail? Oh, it was definitely a progression. Like, at the yeah. beginning, I was like a total, total douchebag. Um, <laughs> like, I had, like, this whole, like, uh, preconceived notion about um, what the trail was going to be like, like so many through hikers do their first time. I was still, you know, in city mode. I still had, like, all my jaded misconceptions of, like, 
people and society and I just couldn't stand like a lot of people and I was one of those people who was like I'm gonna get on the trail to get away from people hmm. um and then ended up like realizing through the compassion and the humanity of the people on the AT right there's so many trail angels so many kind uh things that people do all the time it really revitalized my faith in humanity but uh, I still know that when I come back from trail and I get subjected to normal society, it's not for me. Yeah, the, the AT is going to be it's, – it's a hard – it's a beautiful intro to hiking, but it's also a hard intro because if you're going out there thinking you're going to be alone, it's going to be completely different than that. I mean, even back in 15 oh, – sure. Even back in 15, before kind of what I consider like the quote-unquote like blow up of popularity of the trails i know it was already still popular at that point so you're having to not only hike but you're also having to learn the trail community itself but it sounds like along the way you found that that is what you really really loved yeah i changed a lot through just the course of the at yeah. uh when i got back from the at no one even recognized me like personality wise um and that just made me feel more out of place you know yeah uh, it was uh it took a couple of years before i was even able to feel comfortable again around uh normal people i guess you could say like people that haven't through hike people that don't understand like the community um yeah pretty much hiker trash was the only people i could get along with for till about 2018 wow but but the personality that you came off with um i guess i guess the question at that point is that personality it's something you wanted to hold on to it's not like you wanted to revert back to fitting in or to be the person that you are before you started the hike so you found this personality and this you, you found yourself and then you just held on to it instead of trying to revert yeah like people say people will ask me what my real name is and my real name's dosu kenyuta I love it. uh, it's not my my birth name is something else and uh, even when I'm back, I try to let people know that I don't even want to be called my birth name anymore. I've run into the same thing, like even subconsciously, I won't even realize it, but like, I'll go to shake somebody's hand or introduce myself. I'm like, yeah, my name's Constantine. I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? It's just so ingrained. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that, that's pretty much me all the time. You know, yeah. I let my family still call me, uh, my birth name, but, uh, for the most part, I actually will oftentimes correct people especially if i am technically on trail i love which is about nine months out of the year usually wow i want to unpack that more too but i love that i didn't um introduce you with your birth name (laughs) i did did a little dive into i just would have corrected you anyway (laughs) (laughs) i did a little dive into more um kind of figuring out the gist of yeah what what you're revolving your life around and i stumbled upon it i'm like which what should i introduce him as and then I guess I chose the right one. <laughs> yeah. That's what I lean towards anyway. I always try to introduce people by their trail name because it's built for a trail show. For sure, yeah. So we also touched on it because you said it's just where you felt comfortable. But I guess can we expand on that a little bit? Is like what makes you want to keep living this type of life? Because, yeah, you, as you said, it's not a normal life. Um, what What fuels you to keep wanting to live this life? Man, uh, so that's like something I've been like dealing with quite a bit since getting back from the ODT. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not quite sure if like my crippling social anxiety like came from all this time I spend on trail or if it's just like what helps me stay on trail. Hmm. And it's kind of convoluted right now, but now uh, it's kind of gotten to a point where if I ever like come back to say New Hampshire or uh, some of the other places that I've lived, it takes a lot for me to actually be able to be around people. Um, so now just staying on trail all the time is much easier. You know, I don't, uh, have panic attacks. I don't, uh, freak out as much. And I'm actually like, when I'm on trail, um, like extroverted, like for the most part, people would never know that, uh, I have like, uh, severe anxiety now. Wow. So it's where you find comfort. And yeah, I've actually had a few chats with, I think it was a year ago. And I had this chat with this gentleman that was talking about because I was the one being questioned. So I was trying to describe the same feelings that you're it parallels with the same feelings you're describing being like, there's a comfort out there. And he asked me he asked what he wondered if it was like a very I've used this term a lot, but a very chicken and egg scenario is like one fuels the other. So the more time you spend out there, the less time you spend in the quote unquote real world or normal mm-hmm. world. And then it just pushes you to want to spend more time out there on the trail. Yeah. Plus like the more you like see in the news and you see with politics and what's going on, just like socially, it's much easier to be out there with your own kind of problems. Like the thoughts of just like, where are you going to get water? When are you going to be able to eat? Where can you set up tent? To some people that's like really daunting. Hmm. But to me, like thinking about like, how can we like make everybody happy and like fix some of the issues that are like rocking our country and in the world, like, those are way more daunting and scary trying to fix that with everyone disagreeing. Yeah, trying to trying to fix that is combining all the collective thought lines of hikers out in the world. We all, I think collectively as a group, we probably ponder that question more so than the average person. And it's it's hard to find the, hard to find the solution. Um, of course, it's not been found yet, but I guess we'll keep stepping and keep pondering. Yeah, I definitely feel a little bit selfish that I don't do more to help other people. But I kind of made the decision that I'm the only person that can make my life good. And uh, I can directly affect that. So I just try my best to be able to do that and help my friends and my fam as much as I can. Well, there's this phrase out here and it's I don't know if it's cliche, but I've used it before is you can't really be a friend to others until you're a friend to yourself. So you can't have that energy or that insight to help others until you yourself are at a certain platform or certain level that um, you've taken, you've done the work inside first. So to reach that helping others, you first have to spend that time inside. Yeah. If your battery is drained, you can't do anything. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on it again. We don't have to go too deep into it if you don't want to. I always have the power of the edit, so to say. But um, you spoke of anxiety a little bit. So does the trail, is it a, because this would be curious because I think a lot of people go out there thinking sometimes the trails a cure-all for certain things. Is it a cure-all for your anxiety or is it just you know how to manage it out there a little bit better? 
I think it's just like I don't get anxious because I'm in my cocoon. You know what I mean? Like I'm in mm-hmm. my safe space. Like I'm I'm not uh, like a fish out of water. So you don't really have that like like just panic attacks and like you you know you never you're not always questioning yourself or running intrusive thoughts and scenarios through your head over and over again because you know what to expect like. Mm-hmm. You you wake up every morning. You don't know what's up ahead, but after hiking so long, you know what to expect, and there's very little that like you can't overcome out there with like a little bit of tenacity. No, no matter how tough the days are physically, they pale in comparison the quote unquote toughness to having a mental toughness when you're off trail. Like it's way easier yeah. pushing through miles pushing through weather pushing through whatever have you then being uncomfortable off trail so there's even though it's quote-unquote uncomfortable in the physical sense the comfort from the mental sense has a warmth that kind of over overpowers it yeah like i can just flip a switch and like i can just mull out miles you know what i mean like i had frostbite on the odt uh in october and like you know my ankles were swelled up i had blisters all over the place first few days i was waiting to see if my toes were going to turn black Um, and i was like you know 60 something miles from the closest town and that closest town was if you know anything about the odt is not really a town like i had to buy you know feminine pads at the the mercantile there to use as gauze uh to stop like the blisters from like getting worse you know what i mean eventually i kind of cut the back of my shoe off and wear it like a croc for like the last like bit of miles um but like that stuff to me is like like i can turn it off and just like keep hiking you know what i mean like it's no big deal like you're out there to hike and the alternative of stopping is just it's not an alternative you just keep going yeah, and I think people hear that story, and like myself included, like I hike, but I still hear that story, and it conjures up a picture of like, dude, that's intense. But when you're in those moments, I think a lot of people hear these types of stories and be like, why would you do that? But you you just get through them. It's it's kind of secondary. It's just what's happening. Like, you, yeah. you don't have control over it. It's just the body at a certain point when you're putting it through these types of endeavors is going to have these different things that happen, and it's easier to manage at a certain point because it's just normalcy. Of course, of course, blisters and feminine pads on the back of the heels, not the standard definition of normalcy, but for somebody that spends so much time on trail, it doesn't feel quote unquote out of the norm. I mean, you look at so many people that start the trail for the first time um, and they still get like blisters on, they get blisters on their feet. You know, like at this point now, like you and I, we probably don't get blisters anymore. You know, I could wear I, my, the socks that I wear, everyone laughs and like they got holes in them and stuff like that. I got a pair of Njinjis from my friend Ducky in 2019 on the CDT. He threw them away in Colorado. I've used them for like eight other trails since then. Um, and like I always send him pictures of me still using those same Njinjis with the holes in them. He's yeah. like, what the heck, dude? Like I don't get blisters, so it doesn't really matter. Like it just like it's a pair of socks and it works, you know. Um, but then you think about those people that are just starting out and their feet are soft, you know, they look like, uh, the mummy, you know, with the gauze wrap, they're soaking them in like salt and they don't have the same addiction 
or uh, love for through hiking that we do, and it's that's got to be the hardest thing for people. Yeah. Um, me getting some blisters, it's like no big deal. Um, so watching like new hikers overcome that stuff is really inspiring to me. Yeah, and getting to that point is you have to go through that. So like no hike, I mean there might be a hiker out there that started hiking and never got a blister. Kudos to them. But like I remember when I started hiking, literally the bottoms of my feet wasn't just a blister. Like the skin was ripping off. Like it was like second degree burns on the bottom of my feet. And now I, yeah, same, same thing. Like I'll have giant holes in my socks and then go out and step off some hard mile days. And you're, I had a comparison to it. Your feet just become like bricks of callus at a certain point is they know they know the footfalls they know kind of the angles to walk and getting there is the hard part so when you yeah when you look back and you see these hikers that are going through that transition phase you you have empathy for them because you're like if you can just get through this like it may take a few years it may take a few months whatever it may be but you'll get to a point that it'll be a second nature it won't be a thing for you anymore Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, you touched on the ODT. I, I personally, that trail is on, very high on the top of my bucket list. So quickly, um, I know you said you started hiking back in 14, but what what have you done since then? So can you kind of walk me through? Yeah, so what- I started the AT in 15, and then I did the LT uh, in 15, and then I had to take like 16 off and uh, work, try to figure out my stuff, and then I did the PCT in 17, um finished the pct in 17 and i did not want to go back uh to new hampshire i didn't want to go back to that life um so uh i was just bumming around uh seattle and portland and i applied for one job at an rei and then got distracted because all my friends were finishing and we were partying it up and stuff that one job called me back and I was like, I gotta, I gotta land this. So I got a full-time job at REI, uh, worked through 2018 and I did the Wonderland trail. Nice. Um, and, uh, it was good too, because, uh, one thing a lot of people don't know about me is I got, uh, my face smashed in a, a baseball when I played baseball Ooh. and my jaws had been uh, wired shut. Um, and, uh, after that, like my teeth had been like, messed up because you know you can only brush the fronts of them for a month Mm. so in 2018 i got all my teeth fixed which was awesome for when i hit the cdt Mm. uh because on the pct i had uh two abscessed teeth the whole time which like really was horrible so then 2018 did the wonderland trail worked got my teeth fixed did uh the cdt in 2019 then did the teton crest trail and then you, you get to that point where you're just kind of like, okay, I did the triple crown. Like, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and a lot of times people think like the triple crowns for me, I hear a lot of people thinking like the triple crown is like the end all kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, my friend Youngblood put it best. It's almost like graduating high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, you've got like the three, the big three under your belt. Like, you know how to do, you know how to put the miles in. Um, you know how to do your resupplies and stuff. Now there's like other trails you can get into. So that's when I decided to do the Arizona trail. Um, so I left for that and then COVID hit, mm. um, closed the Grand Canyon. Um, so we were stuck on trail cause you know, like where can we go? 
So on trail for a while, then we had to bail in Flagstaff, went back to New Hampshire. Uh, when I was in New Hampshire, I did the White Mountain Daratissima, yeah. which is it's pretty rugged. It's pretty cool trail. It's basically links all 4,000 footers, uh, the 48 4,000 footers in New, ha- in New Hampshire's White Mountains as a continuous footpath. It's, uh, I think, about 260 miles with like close to 58,000 feet of gain and like 56 descent or something it's pretty wild for 260 miles um then finished that uh arizona grand canyon opened back up when covid had a lull so we went down finished the azt rented a car at the end of the azt went over to uh vegas got a enterprise rental car and then figured out our food caches and did the hey duke so on the car ride from vegas to moab we literally did all figured out all our caching for the Hey Duke. Dude, that's and awesome. Then, yeah, and then we did the Hey Duke uh, last year, which was awesome. Uh, most amazing trail I've ever done. Nice. Uh, it's just so gorgeous. Knockout views the entire time, and that's like another one of those things where you get out there and you don't have water. Like heck, we overplanned for water. Like sometimes we were carrying three gallons of water at a time. But I tell you what, we found water almost every single day on trail. Um, the only day we didn't find water was, uh, this one section where the Arizona trail and the Hayduke trail, uh, kind of like merge together Mm -hmm. as you're heading from, uh, Bryce down to the Grand Canyon. Um, that's the only stretch that we had to cache water and actually really needed it. Um, so Hayduke and then, uh, then we did Florida trail, then the Florida Keys trail, uh, this year. Then uh, went over, did the Pacific Northwest Trail, then I did the Oregon Coast Trail, and then the Oregon Desert Trail. Wow, man. Uh, yeah. The escalation through there, it's very same trajectory that I was on. And I'm curious, like, you just started realizing you could start puzzle piecing. And granted, these trails start getting smaller after the big three. So you just started mm-hmm. realizing you could puzzle piece them together and make a year of multiple trails out of it yeah and i also uh really started figuring out how to budget yeah uh so um what a lot of people don't understand is like one of the main reasons why like i'm able to hike as much as i do is uh, i only work like 10 or 12 weeks out of a year but i pretty much work non-stop the whole time like i don't have a car i don't have an apartment uh i eat like i'm on trail still so i eat pretty cheap uh i I don't have a bed or anything like that like i sleep on the floor uh, and couch surf and stuff like that um a lot of times like if my job will let me i'll just sleep at my job so i can work until uh i want to fall asleep and then like as soon as i wake up i start working again um, so I don't have any commute times, which is also nice because I don't have a car. Um, so, you know, you just uh, you save really quick when you don't have any other expenses. You know, I, I don't I haven't had a computer in, you know, 12 years. I haven't had a TV in like 20. I don't know. I, wow. Since I was a kid, I haven't had a, a, a TV very spart very spartan um because most of the people i talk to make their living through some form of having to be plugged into the computer or to the internet so i'm curious what what do you what do you do 
Uh, like right now, I restore Oriental carpets. Uh, I used to be a art and antique dealer. Uh, I was third generation, so I did that my whole life, selling art and antiques. Uh, I got really good at fixing antiques that I bought um, and selling them for more. And one thing that I got really good at is, you know, fixing carpets and making like these old carpets uh, look like they've never been touched before. Um, wow. So uh, I got so good at it that I can make really decent money in a few weeks. You know, I'm going to work 10 weeks this year and I'll have my whole, uh, all the money I need to do what I'm going to do for trails this year or next year coming up. Wow. Um, I also got everything down to a science where uh, I only need uh, 900 bucks a month to live on trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so for 900 bucks a month, I can live pretty bougie. Like if I want to drink some twisted teas, I'll drink some twisted teas. <laughs> if I want a burger, I'll get a burger. But like, that's like a, I got it down to 900 bucks. I can live pretty, uh, pretty good on trail. That's pretty, um, that's pretty impressive, man. That's a very unique answer. Um, oriental rug uh, kind of restore I, yeah. I've, I've never heard a lot that. of people get shocked i get like a lot of questions on instagram and stuff like that they're like asking me if i'm like a trust fund baby or something like that i'm like nah i like you, gr- you grind it out poor and still i'm used to being poor yeah and you grind it out because you you kind of rolled right into this is kind of the second half to the puzzle i usually ask after the financials questions is what are your hobbies but you're very much in the same boat as I am is you just grind. You just wake up, you go to work and then you, then you just crash out. So yeah. you, you were revol- rock climb and I ice climb and stuff like that, but I haven't ice climbed since 2018 yep. and I haven't rock climbed since, uh, 2020. I was down in Bishop with some friends. And at a certain point with the intensity, we're going to unpack the year you got coming up here in a second, but with the intensity of, how many trails you plug into a certain year a lot of the time the expensive part is traveling to and from trail so like when you start a big trail you have one big financial bulk to get to that trail but if you're piecemealing together four or five trails or six trails you got to budget that correctly so when you're in your off season you just got to grind out the work to make it possible to hit the trails for that amount of time yeah dude so- um The other thing, though, that helps a lot is, you know, you got trail fam and over the years, uh, I've, I've gotten like a big trail fam that's able to help me out when I need. Um, and then, uh, with a lot of people, I don't know if they actually ever get that is I have like my Instagram family. Um, I got friends on Instagram that a lot of them I've never met before, Mm -hmm. but they're always there, like encouraging me or. You know, uh, when I was planning on doing the uh, Notches Trace Trail, someone reached out to me. They're like, hey, like, I can help you with logistics here. Uh, My buddy buddy Acuna, um, he's, like, willing to drive me from New Orleans to uh, the start of the trailhead if I need. Um, So that really helps, too, is just having, like, the community backing you up all the time. Um, And it makes it a lot more feasible. You kind of, again, rolled right into one of the questions I like asking is how the trail community has kind of embraced you. And it's it's full. It's, it's You're fully integrated in kind of living, breathing every single second of it and having that type of network out there. So how, how would you how would you put it in your own words? How, how has it embraced you? 
I mean, I guess you would just say, like, I'm a lifer, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not, like, partway in or, you know, uh, I'm not in it for, like, you know, the social media, like, here's a picture of me with my, my certificate. <laughs> uh, I just kind of, like, I just live out here, you know? Um, so, like, I get people asking me advice constantly, and uh, I do my best to, like, respond back in a timely manner but sometimes my anxiety like keeps me from being able to do so um but i feel like we all just kind of support each other at the same time and that's what trail is about and about being part of the community um and i didn't realize that until man i would say at least halfway through the at um that's when i really like a change in my heart started happening you know what i mean like i wasn't like this city douchebag kid uh i was you know part of the trail community and uh from there uh i just went all in and never looked back yeah because we all spend time lifting each other up because we're all going after these very similar goals of course individually we're going after them different ways but yeah. we're, we're all just trying to live the life on trail. Like, of course, we have to spend the time off trail to make that possible. So when you're fully in, integrated in a mesh within the community is, yeah, there's not a difference. Um, that's kind of one of the things that I, I was thinking before creating the show is like, it's called off trail, but it's like, it's all the same because it's not really, you're always tied in and you're always living life for the trail. So it's like off trail and on trail, they're just, they're the same one one you're hiking but the other you're living to go hike again yeah you know i have friends that like fam you know that uh have only section hiked small spots uh some people that are just trail angels you know yeah. um and never have actually hiked you know uh on the pnt this year i met some of the most amazing trail angels that uh like mike and his partner chad they oh man they are fam for life and nice. like they've they're they're trail angels they've never you know through hiked anything but they live that same trail life and trail man mentality yeah. they open up their house to hikers even though they've never hiked before yeah. uh you know through hiked before so like the trail community is a lot more than just the through hikers it's you know the support squads the the, the family members of other hikers. I don't know how many times I've been out there and, you know, a husband of a, a woman hiking would, you know, have cookies and hand them out kind of thing to hikers going by. Hmm. Um, it's just like an amazing, amazing community. Yeah, it would be so less flavorful and not nearly as full if it was just hikers. Like, mm -hmm. of course, hikers are a giant part of it, but even the bigger part is the kind of full circle, the surrounding parts of it is yeah, you don't have to be the one stepping off the miles to be a part of the community is it's everybody. It's it's the people, it's the locals you meet in town, it's the trail angels that revolve themselves around it. It's friends and families is any person that you touch along the way is part of the community. Yeah, you know, without the stewards and the the trail community, uh the trail uh conservancies and stuff like that, we wouldn't even have a lot of these trails. Yeah. Uh to be able to use, you know. Um so there's like there's so many diverse aspects to what trail life is about there is a lot did you stay with Artie by chance on the pnt uh no so uh but we ended up going to like a concert with Artie. oh a huge shout out to her i don't I, I doubt she would find this episode or listen to it but 
we stayed with her on that journey. Sure. Like I talked to her on Facebook all the time. So I'm <laughs> sure that I'll, I'll send it to her. Oh, she's an amazing woman. I love staying with them. It was by far one of the highlights, just being able to chat. Like there was a chipmunk in her house and the cat just was chasing the chipmunk. And for like an hour or two, it was just like hiker TV, just like joking around about the cat trying to get the chipmunk. And she was, she's just the most gentle heart. Oh yeah. Yeah. Artie and Mike and Chad and yeah. uh, Artie's husband and I, we went to this concert cause they said that we had to go. So they picked us up on the other side of Republic and I think it was Republic and then uh, brought us back yeah. uh, to come to town so that we could go to this uh, outdoor concert. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty fun. I don't know if they still keep this, but I don't know if it was a joke either, but when we met them, they said they wanted to, they're trail angels in the truest sense of the word, but like they also said they like to call themselves the trail demons because they try to see how many people they can make zero with them. Oh man, I don't know if they still do that, but that's definitely Mama Walker. Did <laughs> yeah? you stay with Mama Walker? No, what what trail? Is that on the PNT? PNT, yeah. No, we so didn't. Mama Walker, oh man, she's got a jet ski and a lake house and stuff. We were out there jet skiing <laughs> and uh, like staying in like a little tiny house, like trailer in the back. And <sighs> oh yeah, no, that's a real hard place to leave Mama Walkers. Yeah, and these people is like, they genuinely love it they love like being able to like share in the joy and the experience of the hike and it's just it's so amazing like they're, they try to convince you no no no, stay an extra day stay an extra day it's like ah yeah. i got miles but you're so fun <laughs> yeah no it's pretty cool like the people you meet like when i was doing the white mountain deratissima we were hiking late at night and uh i heard uh someone crying and yelling for help out in the whites and i'm Ooh. like what the heck and uh, I met this uh, family of uh, six, seven, seven, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, but there was only two of them there. It was this girl and her, her mom. Uh, and they were, she was elderly and uh, they were hiking in the whites and they were, all they had was cell phones and they were just scared, you know. Mm -hmm. um, some people had given them bad advice on how to get back uh, and they were just trapped. So we were helping them down. I ended up going to try to get search and rescue. Uh, and then I stumbled upon, you know, three more of the family. Uh, long story short, you know, after about two, three o'clock in the morning, we finally got the whole family down uh, to safety. Wow. And uh, they were like trying to like Venmo me money. I was like, nah, just like, let's be Facebook friends. So I'm still Facebook friends with them today. Oh. And that family's like, super inspiring to me because uh they promised me that they were like never they, they wouldn't let this first experience in the whites like uh ruin it for them mm -hmm. and uh they haven't you know they still have that like love and passion for the outdoors and uh still great friends today yeah and the whites are scary i mean even going in as somebody that's backpacked before like they're intense there's an intense mountain range um but that's that's really yeah. what that's really what it's a, it is about is being in the wilderness. There's already a collective kind of family out there. Like you can just instantly meet somebody, and in five seconds you're all looking out for each other. You're watching each other's backs and making sure the other person is safe. And it's this family that has grown from just being in this activity together. For sure. Uh, my friend Dora has been bringing up the fact that, you know, she's hiking Sobo on the AT right now, finishing up her Triple Crown. Nice. And uh, 
as a woman hiking solo, uh, she's had to deal with a lot of stuff that she didn't have to deal with uh, when she hiked in more popular times because hmm. uh, the trail community does help keep each other safe. Yep. But if you're out there by yourself, you you know you have like the 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 miscreants that find the trail and uh, take advantage of it, you know, and uh, make it not always as safe uh, as it could should be for women to be out there yeah that's that's hard to unpack because i've heard stories um as the at gets more and more popular and by no means am i ragging on the at but especially the southern portion it's starting to attract a certain type of uh, type of mentality not all the time but a certain type of crowd around there that not necessarily a hiker and um it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. i don't want to say it's not safe because it's safe when you're out there doing a trail but tends to attract at this point some type of unsavory elements that you would hope would not be out there but yeah when you're in the trail community everybody in that community itself polices themselves if you want to use that word and then also mm-hmm. uh, make sure the surrounding people are yeah like-minded and just going out there to experience life in a wonderful way yeah i feel like the wild effect had that same issues on the pct and 17 i'm not sure if you ran into it but definitely had like a lot of tweakers out there a lot of like i remember like seeing like some skeezy kind of individuals coming down under the bridges and stuff like that uh you know like saying that they were trail angels and then like seeing that there weren't any women and these guys came down with a guitar and everything they come down under the bridge they're like definitely not like hikers they're like oh yeah we're trail angels and they look around and they see there's just a bunch of guys and they're like okay we're leaving and we're just like okay that was weird like they come down here with a guitar and like a six pack of beer and then like just walk away without really talking to anyone and it was obvious it was just because there was no women there yeah that's weird i mean i think hikers at a certain point too for the amount of people that we randomly meet and by hitchhiking by trail angels whatever it may be or just in a town is the radar for the honesty and the authenticity of who that person is is pretty high i would say you you get you get kind of like a sixth sense yeah you can tell who's hiking and who's you know part of the trail community and who's like maybe like uh you know uh, as smokey would say uh, a home bum that's on trail yeah i I don't want to revolve around that too much because i I think any walk of life there's going to be some type of element that gets in there that's not the exactly the most appreciated element but the the trail is still a beautiful thing it's just any amount of time that you spend in any activity you're gonna especially walking across the country you're gonna run into elements and characters at some point that aren't the most preferable yeah i mean for me i would i would say like Every single human uh, is welcome on trail, Uh, just as long as they're going to show, like, respect to everybody and respect to nature. It took me a a while on the AT to actually, like, find that respect, you know, uh, for people and the community. Uh, But when I did, it changed my life. So, you know, as long as there's people there to police the people and check them when they get out of line and wait for them to be able to find their, you know their sense of calm and their sense of community on the trail. Um, I feel like people are definitely all welcome on there. That's, that's a good way to wrap it up. And yeah, the term police is like, I don't, I hope the connotation people don't pick up is it's not an actual police. It's just, it's an unspoken, like 
vibe and feeling you get from fellow hikers and they just of course it's always going to be just a gentle like hey this is kind of what's going on so yeah that's a good way to wrap it up i don't want to get get into that too much but you have a pretty impressive year coming up um we're actually kind of flip-flopping schedules a little bit i was so jealous of your quote-unquote desert rat year because i'm a desert rat at heart heart so we're kind of flip-flopping schedules so you're going for something uh pretty pretty intense this year can you kind of walk me through what you're going for um these trails that you're about to connect yeah so uh i decided uh thanks to you know buck 30 and apple pie those two uh are friends of mine and they kind of they really like they they're working or apple pie is working on finishing up the 11 national scenic trails and buck 30 finished them up uh this year yeah and uh just like you know having done that and thinking about it i was just like you know um the ones that i have left aren't necessarily the uh most scenic and beautiful from what i've heard from the two of them but uh i still want to experience them yeah uh, because uh for me it's more than just like you know the the trail like a lot of people will say you know oh i don't want to do the at because it's just the green tunnel well like heck you know arizona trails just like the red desert you know so for me i really wanted to finish all 11 national scenic trails so what i'll be doing is first i'm gonna go down and i'm just gonna do the ocean to lakes trail Mm -hmm. um just like small like two three days do that with some friends uh and then what i'll be doing is going and doing the Natchez trace trail yep um so i'll be doing that one nobo uh and then i will be taking on the potomac heritage trail which that one according to buck 30 is going to be uh and i'm sure you can agree uh is going to be kind of interesting because a network of trails it's almost like spider web then you kind of gotta figure out like the best way to try to through hike something like that with uh minimal uh support from uh you know a trail conservancy that hasn't really set like a defined route for being able to through hike it yeah um but luckily buck 30 uh hooked me up with his uh gpx files for it so i know like what is like basically a standardized route for people who are trying to hike all 11 national scenic trails yeah Um, so uh we're gonna do that potomac heritage and then hopefully uh bang out the new england trail and then uh gonna fly over and do the uh the ice age trail uh northbound or westbound whatever it is like going up and then uh from there jump on the north country trail and finish up uh my 11 national scenic trails by through hiking the north country trail you got an intense year coming up man adding that ice age trail into the mix that mix that's an extra 1200 about so you're gonna be stepping off what um close to seventh aisle maybe yeah uh it really depends like i haven't added up the math on like what is considered like the potomac heritage yeah uh what kind of miles is considered there but yeah i would say around seven i'm guessing yeah um and if i finish the north country trail uh soon enough uh a friend of mine wants to do the sht so i might like bounce over and do that so the superior hiking trail yeah so you actually do already do that on the north country but you would just want to do it again yeah, I guess like my friend like wants to do it and uh, they want to do it in September. Oh. So uh, I'd probably just do that because I don't really like having to uh, go back to regular life. And they said if I 
they pay for my food if I'd go. So, you know. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> don't don't underestimate the New England too, man. She may be small. She she may be uh, compact at like two thirty, but that out of the trails that you just listed, um, the intensity of those miles are pretty. But you've hiked a lot. But yeah, I went into that one underestimating her, and she's got some uh, what I like to call just bouncy and chunky terrain. Okay. It's um it's walking over a lot of exposed like chunky rock. Um. Your foot falls, it's very hard to sometimes get a pace on there. Yeah, it sounds a lot like maybe like the Daratissima. Yeah, I've never actually been able to like do that, that, but yeah, if you did the Daratissima, yeah. yeah. A lot of like granite, you're thinking, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's very exposed, yeah, yeah the very, yeah. If you did the Daratissima, yeah, you're familiar with that New England section. Is It's just, yeah, very, very cliffy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> having grown up in New England, like I'm the 13th generation of my family to be born in New Hampshire, so I'm wow. pretty familiar with these mountains i kind of lived in them wow um my whole life out of those trails oh man there's so much i want to unpack here but out of those trails i know it's hard to say because everyone has a different flavor and we chatted a little bit about this beforehand is like yeah they're not necessarily the most scenic but there's still something in each journey there which one would you say you're the most excited for out of that list of trails coming up you know i'm gonna have to say the north country trail um like hiking up around those great lakes uh i got a bunch of of instagram uh fam that you know lives up in that area and they're always posting pictures and i'm always like oh i can't wait to get there and check that out um so yeah i would say the north country trail um which is funny to say because uh i really had no desire to do it uh, back in 2019, uh, my friend Akuna was talking about how he was going to do the North Country Trail, and I was like, why? That doesn't sound <laughs> fun at all. Um, and now here I am about to like set off and hike the North Country Trail. Um, it's, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I like swimming. so <laughs> It's amazing how life works out, too. I saw he was actually going for that. I think he was planning it for like 2020, and um my partner and I had plans to get in the NCT in 2021. So I was like very interested to follow him along. But of course, 2020 happened as 2020 happened and stuff got thrown in every direction. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting just for the sheer length of it. Um, There's a Roman emperor saying, I forget what it was that the gladiator said, but like for those who are about to die, we salute you. Ohio man, Ohio man, hold on to that mentality. You'll get through it. (laughs) You'll get through it. Yo, I'll, I'll just throw on some dubstep and in my headphones and like i'll just crush out big days like that's like one thing that i'm pretty good at like uh shotgun can attest to the fact if i throw on headphones we're at least doing a 50 mile day wow um so yeah it's it gets i get bad when i zone out so it'll be fun uh doing a lot of this all by myself because i'm doing my whole year next year by myself pretty much um oh so i won't have you know to go slower or faster for anyone i can just kind of go my own pace um which i haven't been able to do in a long time um like i've tested it a couple times like on the florida trail we did an 82 mile day um and that was pretty fun uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see like how many big mile days I can do, um, not to rush the experience, but 
that's something that I do get a, a big kick out of. It's it's where you find some enjoyment in it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be every day, but by piecemealing a lot of the days together, you get to really test your mentality and physicality. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I, I love that. That's going to be – I'm keen to keen to follow you. That's, it's, it's an itinerary that – yeah, it's it's intense, but you can make it work. And I'm really keen to follow you on um, the North Country. I wanna I wanna hear your opinions after. We might have to chat after you finish it up. Um, I'm really interested to hear your opinions once you start running 50 mile days through Ohio. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like uh, I've I've been prepped pretty well by uh, the uh, Buck Thirty and Apple Pie. It's like uh, this is like the quest of misery. I've been I've been told. <laughs> So the quest I, might, of I might not be enjoying it as much as I think I'm going to, but like, I really do like being miserable and yeah. crushing out big miles and not really getting daunted by stuff like that. So I think I'll have fun. Uh, it's all like what you make of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's an enjoyment in the misery, if that makes sense. Um, I know you understand, but for like people that are listening is like people sometimes see it and hear a hiker talking about, Oh man, that was brutal. But there's an enjoyment inside of that brutality. Oh yeah, like I survived. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I survived. <laughs> oh yeah, check mark. That that's in the check mark column. Yeah, that's that's gonna be awesome to follow along with that man. So, ooh, we're getting deep into the show. I don't I don't want to keep you too long. So, rolling into kind of another, um, I guess, philosophical question a little bit. Who, because you started hiking kind of early before it started, quote unquote, blowing up in popularity in fourteen is who who had the kind of biggest impact on you um when you started looking into this way of life to live like it could be another hiker kind of family friend loved one who showed you that this was something that was even possible so i was a troubled kid uh growing up and uh in first and second grade i had been expelled from school wow um and i had to go to a special school for like angry kids um and uh this special school was like a wilderness therapy kind of school and uh i was uh part of this wilderness therapy school was like you had uh the you know uh we did like a, a couple weeks in the whites at zealand hut okay and when i was there i like met an at hiker um and you know, second grade, like I was on the AT and ever since then, you know, New Englanders, like they hold the AT pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, so the AT was always kind of on my radar and, uh, you know, actually like most of my family had said, like, there's no way you could do that. Um, I had a lot of pessimism, um, from family saying that that was like, you know, something that was like too daunting for most people to be able to accomplish. Um, and then I had one friend who's uh, Dora the Explorer. She had hiked the uh, PCT um, and we had met on like Tinder or something like that hmm. when she was hiking in the whites. Um, never actually met each other, uh, but we stayed Facebook friends and we talked and stuff like that. And she was always someone that I could bounce things off from. Um and through 2014, I'd bounce things off from and she would give me advice. And, uh, you know, here we are now, like she's just about to finish up her triple crown, uh, on the AT going southbound. And I'm looking at a daunting, crazy year on the, uh, <laughs> North country trail, <laughs> let alone all those other ones, man. These, it's also, I, I want to get into what you just said a little bit more, but 
let alone the North Country Trail. It's those puzzle pieces leading up to it. At least with the schedule I did this last year, I found that more stressful. I found that more stressful than just setting the pace and going on a long trail. Like it's the pe- it's the piecemealing of I have to finish this and then spend a few days getting to here and then I have to finish this. That's kind of I find mental exhaustion in that more than just cranking out the miles. Oh, really? Like, no, I think it's fun. You know, I like, I don't do any real research before I do a trail. I, love I like to be surprised. <laughs> yeah. um, so like, I am literally figuring out stuff on the fly. Like I'll get out there and I'll be like, okay, how can I get there? And uh, I might throw it up on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. Be like, hey, is anyone going this way? Anyone going that way? And hmm. uh, just figure it out as I go. Um, like I said, the community has always got my back. Oh, you, fi- you find enjoyment in the putting together the between the trails. You find enjoyment in trying to get from one trailhead to the other. Oh yeah, it's like this is like like one big like trail to me. You know, it's just like that's how I live. Like it's I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's part of the whole experience. So I love it. You know, it's way better than like you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to find a job or where I'm going to live afterwards or what am I going to do when it's, you know, winter and I don't have a place to live. Like, that's what stresses me out. Oh, wow. I've never heard that because, yeah, it is all just one big adventure. I, I agree with that mentality for sure. It's just always that interim time always at least hits me in a stressful way because I'm like, well, how do I get to the next trail? And I only have this set amount of time to get there. But you kind of let go of that, it sounds like. You just kind of let go of the burden, and you're just like, I'll get there. I'm just going to have to figure out how. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, when I finished the Oregon Coast Trail, uh, I had to get across Oregon to, to start the ODT. And, you know, like, first I was hitchhiking, and I was doing really bad hitchhiking. Like, it took me two days, and I maybe made it uh, – you know, 50 miles. And then I woke up, walked into town, found a place with a bus, got a bus to this other town where I got a bus to, uh, Portland. And then when I was in Portland, uh, my buddy Ducky and, um, uh, Tripsy, they live in Portland. They're fam of mine. Uh, I got put up for a night and did laundry. And then I caught a Greyhound from there to Ontario where uh a guy like a you could call him a trail angel uh that i met on the arizona trail um he came and picked me up in his rv and uh then shotgun got there and took us to the start of the odt and dropped us off and it was literally all on the fly and you enjoyed that yeah it's great because you (laughs) never know who's like around you know like yeah when you have such a group of huge group of nomadic friends, like no one really knows where they're going to be and when. Um, so, so often I can just like throw something out there and be like, Hey, I'm trying to get this way. And people be like, Hey, I would be totally up for an adventure. Like, let's go. Um, and sometimes I've never even met the people, you know, they've just like been talking to me or following me on Instagram and they're like, Hey, like, I would love to give you a hand. Like I've been watching your journey and I would love to like be part of it and take me up and take me off you ever heard this show the amazing race i've heard of it but like i said i haven't had a tv yeah. in like a super long time yeah you would be a very good um participant in that show it's just people trying to figure out how to get to places i, I forget if it's on a budget or not but it's like people just like traveling the world 
trying to figure out how to piecemeal travel together. And if you enjoy that, you would be a really good participant in that show. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds pretty fun. I'd probably be down for something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, go, going back to the impact on you, that's very early to, to kind of get that sense of you wanted to travel and that's kind of a life that you're looking to pursue. Like second grade, that's super early. So it just kind of evolved over the years then. It was basically like uh, a dream that I would never get to achieve. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, because I was always like, I had that mentality ingrained in me that I had to like work and toil and I was going to be happy if I got a, if I had a house and I had two cars and I had a jet ski and I had all this stuff that that was what was going to bring me happiness. And I was like chasing that like my whole life. Um, and then, you know, I was dating this girl that had three daughters and I went from being a, a dad uh, to basically being nothing, uh, you know? And, uh, so then I was just like, well, this is the time to like be, uh, to do the AT if I'm ever going to, you know, cause w once you're a parent, that's pretty much for, for most people, that's makes it out of the question until you retire. Um, and I went from being a dad and, uh, after the breakup, like I wasn't a dad anymore. So, wow. uh, I left. Well, it's kind of a cruel promise, and it's not society directly saying this promise to people, but it's kind of a cruel promise that society has ingrained in us is like, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy if, instead of just being happy now. Like, you, if you constantly are chasing, well, once I achieve this level in my career, I'll be happy. Once I have this type of partnership, I'll be happy. Once I reach this, um, yeah, white picket fence type of lifestyle, I'll be happy as it puts you on a perpetual kind of treadmill of always chasing something and never having happiness. So by getting out of that motion, it's just you get to actually be happy, which is sadly uncommon a lot of the times for a lot of people in this world. Yeah, I think our government and, you know, the billionaires are using that carrot on a stick to keep us like ants. <laughs> um, and, you know, big thing is, is like, you, you don't have retirement guaranteed and you know when you retire there's you're not going to enjoy it the same way as you are right now um so i always recommend people just quit your job and you'll figure it out yeah and it, it is a carrot on the stick and you wonder how it actually became the unspoken rule of what you have to quote unquote accomplish instead of just accomplishing the life that you love so taking that yeah, it's not even like a unspoken rule it's almost like if you don't do it like like it is you're spoken. looked down upon yeah yeah but, but that's the thing so it's like not anybody tells you directly you have to do this but once you don't do it then the comments start coming then it's like yeah why aren't you doing this yeah Ugh. and and then you know i have people asking me like well what are you gonna do when you uh want to retire and stuff like that i'm like well we're basically already retired so yeah. by the time i'm older i'm just gonna be even better at doing what i'm doing now <laughs> i love that i love that answer that's really cool man it's you get a lot of time to think on trail and a lot of these questions plague my mind constantly while out there stepping yeah i definitely get asked like the same questions over and over again so it's kind of like I've, I've I've asked myself them and figured them out. So hopefully, by letting people know my answers to the questions, will wake them up and get them out there too. You ever have uh, the joke between you and your trail fam that it's like you get asked the same questions so repetitively that you just want to hang like a sign around your neck with like bullet points. This is how I make a living. This is what I do. Yeah, I enjoy this. 
Uh, so like I actually I don't get like so disenfranchised by the questions anymore because like I feel like if I take the time to like answer these people's questions like authentically that uh it will encourage them to get out there and give them the courage to do it you know if I get exasperated because someone's asking me the same question like I think about the fact that how often does this person even get a chance to talk to someone that's done what I've done um so I try to like have more patience than that yeah, I, I love that. And I think it's also common with the transition or the kind of evolution of the trails you're doing. Because like, yeah, that was a joke that my trail family and I had on the AT, the first hike, because you're just running into sheer amounts of people. But then you start doing these trails that are a little lesser known, a little more uncommon for hikers to walk through and spread these ripple effects. And that's when you start realizing like, it's a gift that you're given to be able to help another person even if it's a five minute conversation or a 10 minute conversation to kind of see a different light that they might not necessarily think about yeah it's like a big uh you know privilege that we have to be able to do what we do Mm -hmm. um and uh not be scared of it uh so whatever reassurance i can give someone else to like follow their dream i like i put a lot of effort into it yeah and it's my partner and i actually have this conversation a lot is like and I think you'll notice this a lot on these trails that you're about to hit this year is like, it's a privilege and it's a responsibility. So for how much people think hikers just shun responsibility, when you're out there doing more of these trails is like, yeah, it's a privilege to be able to help create positive ripple effects for the next hiker, for the next person seeing that there's a way, a different way of living. But it's also, yeah, a responsibility. You want to be able to make sure that you're showing and giving them the time that, um, they deserve and that they can use to see what life can actually be. Yeah. It's all about being like a good steward, you know? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. So we're going over the hour mark, man. I'm sorry about that. I have two more questions I want to get to. Um, if you have a little bit, uh, 10 more minutes of your time. Oh, for sure. I got, I got plenty of time, dude. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so kind of how I start liking to wrap this up a little bit is this one. It always, um, it's hard for me to ask, and it's, I think it's harder for the guests to answer. Is It's so encompassing and so broad of a question that, I don't know, I'm going to just ask it and see where you take it. So what does the trail mean to you? So the trails, you know, just where I live is my home. Um, it's the same. Uh, it's, it's just literally just the way I live my life. Um, if I didn't have the trail, I'd have no home. I'd have wow. no life. It's the only thing I do. So, like, for me, it's, you know, I joke around, like, uh, I'm going to die on trail. And that's, like, the case, you know, like, this is where I live. Hmm. So, it's just my home. It's it's a joke with a realism in it. And it's not necessarily a morbid joke saying, I'm going to die on trail. It's actually a very fulfilling and joyful joke being, like, if I'm out there year after year for the rest of my life, naturally, it's, like, somebody saying, Oh, I'm going to die in my bed or something like that is it's a joke, but it's just saying, no, that's where I want to be. And that's where I want to spend most of my time. And if that's where it is, that's where it is. So it's not morbid. It's, it's, it's actually joyful. Yeah. Like that I I would be morbid would be to be like surrounded by family or something like that and having them watch me pass away. So like, I don't want like the last memory of me being like sick on a bed. I want the last memory of me being like, well, he's probably like got eaten by a bear or like (laughs) something like that. That would be a much better memory to leave with people. Yeah. Would you rather go by a bear or a moose? 
Uh, I would say a bear. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be quicker. Yeah, the moose would just hurt, and then the moose is just yeah. all gangly. It's just it, it would be a mm-hmm. it would be a sad way to go because you would be somewhat laughing at how like its limbs don't work correctly, but also it's gonna be hurting a lot too. Yeah, I mean, there's been places where like I had like written a note and I put it kept it in my pocket that like you know if I got like eaten by like an animal or something like that like don't kill the animal like like it's just like doing its thing like and i hate that like that's one of the reasons why i like try to be like as socially responsible around animals is because i don't want that my like hike to like end an animal's life so i'd probably rather like not get stomped or eaten by a bear or an animal because i wouldn't want like the government to kill it afterwards but yeah wow that takes a level of forethought that yeah, putting a note in your pocket. I've I've never even thought of that. That takes a level of connection and forethought. That's really. Oh yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty funny, but yeah, I carry like a note in my pocket that says that a lot of times. Through Grizzly Country. Yeah. Oh man, have you done the Have you done the GDT yet by chance? No, I haven't. Um, that looks super fun. Man, that might be one to add to your list. Um, after this upcoming, well, not not with this up, unless you. Or a true, uh, maso- what's the word? Masochist. Unless you're a true masochist, don't add it to the list this year. But it might be one to put on your list. It's a beautiful trail, man. Yeah, I, th- I have like the E1 in mind. Do you really? For yeah, for two years from now, 2023, I'm thinking E1 and Te Aurora. Dude, I love it. My partner and I are thinking Te Aurora at the end of this year. But the E1 is something that keeps bouncing around my mind every so often. Um, It's just... I don't know. It'd be a true adventure. I've never done that type of yeah. overseas hiking. I found somebody that had, it had done it, and it took them two years to do it. So I haven't seen anyone that's done it in a single year. But my buddy Redfish, he's from Sweden. Uh, met him on the CDT. He's looked into it a little bit for me because I was telling him I want to do it. And he says he thinks he's found a couple people that have through hiked it in a single year. Dude. Uh, but how many? I don't know their names. How many miles is it? uh dang dude i don't even know i like don't do research on stuff <laughs> you notice how i didn't ask you the planning question right <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of moved right past that question yeah <laughs> um yeah that would be a yeah it always bounces around in my mind that e1 so mm-hmm. kind of last question um that i try to like to kind of wrap it up with is i know this upcoming year for you is like there's this goal of yeah finishing in all the 11 national scenic trails but that's just kind of and you touched on it because i had the very same feeling with the triple crown is like yeah it's not the end all it's just the progression of hiking like it's not necessarily a quote-unquote goal it's just like well i wanted to do more trails and these were the trails in front of me so once Mm -hmm. once you complete this upcoming year and these national scenic trails um from our chat i kind of know where this might may go but do you see an end point? Is there a overall goal you're trying to reach? Um, and do you see a transition? And if so, what, what does that look like? I mean, I do have an end goal and it's going to sound kind of weird, but uh, I guess what I want is I want to see through hiking taken seriously again. You know what I mean? Huh. It was a time back uh, when I started the AT and, you know, my parents, said people would say like oh like that's like a real hard thing to do and it's kind of progressed to the point where a lot of people do it like as a party and you know like they'll yellow blaze a bunch of miles and they'll still say that they did it and it's not really taken seriously or as seriously as it used to be 
Um, and I kind of like hope to have through hiking looked at as like a real sport again, like rock climbing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like, uh, if I say that I hiked my triple crown northbound continuous footpath, it, it doesn't sound pretentious. It sounds similar to someone's like a rock climber saying that they redlined this or they did a first ascent on this route, you know? Um, and those are like common things in rock climbing that like, okay, like you did this achievement, but you did it a little bit different. You did a little bit more difficult. Um, and I, I would love to see through hiking as, uh, you know, taken a little bit more seriously and um, thought of as like a real sport again, or even just being like not taken as pretentious. If you say like, you know, I, I hiked these trails, continuous footpath, um, not be like, Oh, you're, you're a purist, huh? And like, have that be like a bad thing. I love that answer, and it makes me very curious because, at least from what I perceive is, I would be curious to hear your answer on this, is once you get outside of those big three, at least the people that revolve their life around this and continue to, as you've done, like, step off the miles on these quote-unquote lesser-known trails, I think it is. It's just there's a connotation specifically around the AT um, that is more so quote-unquote party trail or people just going out there to, yeah, yellow blaze miles or not really connecting the footsteps. And slowly, I think it's seeping into the PCT, unfortunately, a little bit. But I mean, in 2017, the PCT, I had never seen so many uh, people yellow blazing. Uh, it was like, it was, I was like talking to my friend Youngblood. I was like, I don't even understand. Like, this is crazy, you know? Someone yeah. yellow blazes out of Belden just because they didn't want to do the, the uphill. Yeah. Like, stuff like that I was seeing all the time on the PCT. And, you know, I even saw it on the CDT quite a bit. Oh, I was um, I didn't know you would see it on yeah. the CDT. I didn't see it like, on the CDT. Because it was such a high snow year, like, people were yellow blazing around, like, Colorado, just, like, skipping, like, so much of Colorado. Hmm. Um, like, a lot of my YouTube videos are of me, like up there like doing like the miles like all by myself and stuff like that and i was like talking about uh it often you know like i would get to town and like people would have just be in town and just like a couple times like i got to a place and there was no you know room at the hostel because people were just like yellow blazing up through um and like there's no like i have no problem like some of my best friends like yellow blaze and stuff like that like i have no problem with it or anything um, as long as people are just, you know, honest about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say, you know, like I would just love for, to see like through hiking taken as like a, like a, a little bit more seriously. But again, putting those trails aside, um, yeah, it's, it's an issue for sure with those big three. I, I was very curious to even hear you say something about the CDT on there. I was thinking more so AT and PCT, but uh, taking those three trails aside, don't, uh, do you see the seriousness in these other trails though? Because when we sometimes like, you know, like, uh, on the Florida trail and on the Pacific Northwest trail, I met people on both of those trails that were, uh, you know, had skipped, you know, a hundred miles, 200 miles. Hmm. Uh, and I mean, people, people are doing their own thing and there's nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know what I mean? For me, it's just like, uh, I think, a lot of people want to see as much as they can and not necessarily able to uh, take the time to do it all on foot. And that's fine. Yeah, and there's tiers. I've actually had an issue with trying to 
express this to friends, family, to other hikers, especially to friends and family, is there's tiers of hiking. So like when somebody says you're hiking the AT, depending how you do it, there's so many levels of it. And for that serious part to be taken, there's people out there doing that, connecting every footstep, um, making sure that they're being true to what they're going after. But it's just there's so much at this point now to surrounding that there's so many di different levels of it. It's hard to, I guess the words like filter out what the connotation of hiking is in itself or, th or through hiking is in itself because there's so many people doing it for thousands of different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what I would love to see like more like differential and like, okay, like how are you, how did you hike the AT? Oh, I hiked it Sobo. I flip flopped. I did a continuous footpath. You know, there's like so many different ways that we could speak on like how we did our hike. Um, yeah, I guess that's, I guess and, that. And I just like, I would I sometimes now, like I kind of get looked at as pretentious when I say how I do my hike. And I would love to see that like not be a thing. Like, cause I'm, I'm not like, I don't care. I'm hiker trash. Yeah, it's it's what you're you're finding happiness and enjoyment of what you're going out for, and that shouldn't be considered pretentious if you're expressing what you were doing. Um, yeah, and I I completely agree with you about that. And the question that you just asked might be one of the ways to eventually get there. Is like, how did you through hike? But it's trying to how how did you hike this trail? But it's trying to take out the judgment that's built into that for, for some reason right. in this community. Is like. Yeah. I'm just genuinely asking. I don't, I don't care how you did it. I'm just genuinely curious how you did it. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, you know, like when people, you know, I was on the AZT and uh, I was on top of Mount Humphreys because we did that. And uh, someone was like, oh, wow, like, I, I know you, like, you, uh, you did the CDT continuous footpath in 19, didn't you? I was like, yeah. Um, and, like, that was, like, really cool that, you know, someone, like – recognize that that was like a little bit more difficult than flip-flopping that year yeah um and that the, and there's nothing wrong with flip-flopping and there's nothing wrong with doing a continuous footpath and but it's nice to actually get that recognition sometimes like oh you did something that's a little bit more difficult yeah and it's that's exactly what it is it's like you went through that because that's what you wanted to do and by going through that difficulty it's just having the recognition and it's not so much the recognition in pride it's just like this is what I did because I wanted to do this and getting to that getting to that degree I completely agree with you it's it's taken out biases and judgments that are for some reason already ingrained and it's it's going to be hard to get there but I'm definitely uh I'm definitely a teammate in that up, uphill battle there. Hell yeah. <laughs> so awesome though. So this was a really fun conversation. I apologize about how far deep deep into it we went. I promised you an hour, a little little over, but Near the end here. Oh, no, you're good. Awesome. Near the end here, um, I kind of like to switch over the platform to you. So, yeah, to grow that that fam that you're talking about, and to have people uh, know where they can find you and um, hear about your amazing adventures. So, yeah, where can people find you? The platform's yours. So I guess like the best way to find me and like keep in touch is uh, my Instagram. It's at the Dosu Kenyuta. But um, I mean, that's just if you have any questions or whatever i don't really need uh people to follow me if you're not too interested like <laughs> i'm just out there like to have fun and connect with people but you know if you have any if anyone has any questions like reach out to me because uh i love to see more people out there and i'll take the time to answer your questions you want to grow relationships not followers yeah you know like 
I follow almost as many people as uh, follow me. So that speaks to it. Yeah, it's speaking to like, no, these people that I'm interacting with, I'm actually interacting with and want to grow my community and grow our community. Yeah. These are like the people I follow are like my friends. Um, they're like my Instagram fam. Oh, I love it. Well, Dosu, I can't thank you enough for the to- taking the time out of the day um, to join with me on this chat. And, dude, um, I'm going to be following along this upcoming year while you're stepping off those miles. I'll be in the desert, man. So <laughs> flip-flop dude, years. I'm probably going to be jealous. <laughs> I, was jealous of a, I, I was jealous of you last year, man. The ODT is something on my plate. So, dude, thank you so much, man. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one, bro. You too. Well, that's it, folks. We hope you enjoyed this week's chat and a little bit of trail maintenance, so to say. As this podcast is just growing, if you are interested or you yourself or you know of somebody that wants to tell their story and wants to share about who they are off trail so that they can make on trail happen, please email us. Email us at offtrailpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to have a conversation with you all. Until next time, see you off trail.